Zion Christian Fellowship, so good to be with you guys. Uh, this is actually my second time being with you. I was here in, um, I believe it was 2021, is that right? Uh, 2021, yeah, and uh, it's such an honor to be with you. And um, Jim and Mary, I, I just, uh, you guys don't know this, but you're just your even teaching you know, has really impacted my life. You know, I remember having lunch with you guys uh, a few years ago, and that began to shift some things inside of me um, just for believing God for uh, greater things. And, uh, and so a, a lot of our ministry, uh, compassion to action, you know, in our gospel trucks, it was related to the belief system of what God wants to do. And I just honor you guys uh, for that. And uh, we bless you guys. I'm so excited. My new book just came out called Capturing Heaven's Attention, and it is here. It just arrived early, and uh, I want to give it away to someone. Can I? Uh, whose birthday is it today? It's your birthday today, or maybe it's your anniversary weekend. Uh, can I? Can I see your hands? Your birthday or your anniversary weekend? Okay, cool. I want to give this to you, and uh, yep, here you go. Blessings on you, and. Um, Uh, this book is my favorite book for many different reasons, but before I get into um, talking a little bit about the book, um, you just had Steve Backlin last week. You guys, Steve Backlin. How many people were here for Steve Backlin last week? Steve is a mentor of mine, and uh, Steve has highly impacted my life. I remember doing an internship with him one summer in Redding, California, and Steve sat me down and said, Chris, a part of your internship is going to be able to learn how to use a computer. I, uh, I looked at Steve. And I said, computer, what does that have to do with winning souls? You know, these are, these are the thought processes I was having. I said, what does that have to do with winning souls? And he looked at me and he says, you know, Chris, one day you're going to be writing books and you need to know how to use a computer. And uh, Steve was right. Uh, th this is my 12th book that I've written. And um, God has um, rewired my brain in 2009. I was healed of dyslexia. And someone laid hands on me and prayed over me. And I saw things moving around in my brain. And in 2010, my first book came out called The Practical Guide to Evangelism Supernaturally. And uh, since then, I've been writing books. And some of the books that I've written are, are not even actually for sale. It is um, to impact people. And so I love to write books uh, for people. And um, what do you give someone that doesn't need any money? You give them a book. What do you give someone that's impacted your life tremendously and they don't need any other gifts? You give them a book. And so it's uh, God gave me this download. If Paul wrote to Timothy an actual letter, why can't I actually write books to people? And there is an anointing on my life to, to help people write books. And um, I want to pray for you right now. If you have a desire to write a book, please stand to your feet. I want to pray over you. I want to pray a blessing over you. I want to pray Isaiah 26 verse 3 over you. Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says this, He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusts in him. The word uh, peace means shalom in Hebrew. And the word mind means creative imagination. I'm praying that you would see your book. I'm praying that you would reverse engineer your book. 
I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would literally come upon you today to give you an outline. That the Spirit of the living God would begin to assign you your book. That the Spirit of God would begin to reveal to you who your audience is and who you're writing to. So Lord, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would make it simple for them. And Lord, I bless them, Lord. And I bless every person that reads their book. May they be impacted for your kingdom. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Some of you right now, you just felt a tingling sensation just come over you. If that's you, you just felt something just happen in your brain. You just felt something happen inside of you. Just raise your hand right now. The Spirit of God is releasing downloads right now on people. Father, just as you touch me, anyone here that's been having dyslexia issues, Lord, like I did, right in the the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God, I pray for your healing power to come upon them, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for books that are going to come out of this house that will impact people for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, I want to say this really quickly. Take time today because the Spirit of God is giving you outlines. Take time today, okay? Uh, after today's service, uh, you know, and as you hang out with a family or whatever you do after service, I want to encourage you. Just get alone with the Lord and get, give him 20 minutes for your outline. Give him 20 minutes for your outline, and I believe he will speak to you and he'll give you an outline. Amen? So I'm going to be signing books after this morning's session. I, I, um, I wrote this book called Capturing Heaven's Attention uh, because I really wanted to help people understand the heart of worship and radical obedience. So the book is about worship and radical obedience. And um, as we start this morning, my, my heart's desire for each and every one of you, because I'm going to be sharing some things that the Lord has placed on my heart that I wrote in the book. My heart is that, that God would tenderize each and every one of us. How many people um, realize that the tenderization of the Holy Spirit is a gift? That when he tenderizes our heart and our heart is soft, we're able to respond to his voice. And we're able to quickly obey him. And so that's my prayer this morning. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would come in a powerful way. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that your presence and your power would be known in this place. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, speak. Take over. Have your way. Amen. Well, my beautiful wife says hello to you. Um, we live just outside of Portland, Oregon, and um, we live in a, a community called Camas, Washington, right over the bridge of Portland, Oregon, about 20 minutes away from there. Uh, we have two young girls. We have an eight-year-old. Her name is Brielle, and then we also have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and her name is Jubilee, and we're praying, Lord, God, give us another one, and I'm 45 years old, and I'm saying, Lord, give Give me another one. Amen. And um, so we got a beautiful family. They send their their love to you uh, this morning. I want to tell you really quickly, and it's a part of the story of how I even started our ministry called Compassion to Action. It was really birthed out of worship. Now, it, it was not birthed out of songs, instruments. It was birthed out of a heart that was yielded 
You see, my wife had postpartum depression in 2015. And um, I was the outreach pastor at Bethel Church. Loved what I was doing. And my wife wanted to move to the Northwest, where she's from originally, to be closer to family. And everything inside of me said, no, 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 no. And I said to my wife, hey, everything's going to get better. You're going to be just fine. And I would pray. And nothing seemed to change. And while that was happening, the Lord was working on my heart. And he was saying, Chris, surrender. And he was speaking to me about moving to the Northwest. And I, and I felt like Abraham. What is, what's in the Northwest for me? I don't know anyone. I don't know that place. And the Lord began to speak to me about surrender. And I remember coming home one day from Bethel. And my wife was in the kitchen. And, um, and she was having a tough day. And I went into her room. And I, I just knelt down on my knees. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening, but I trust you, and I surrender. And I lifted my hands to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I give it all to you. I give up my role. I give up, I give up the very things that I have built. I give it all up to you, and I trust you. Somehow, some way, the Lord says, that's worship. Because I knew that the Lord was inviting me to do that. But my flesh, everything inside of me did not want to do that. I remember having a conversation with Paul Manwaring. And I said, Paul, I feel this in my heart. But I don't want to. Because I'm afraid. You see, I was afraid that Bethel Church made me. I was afraid that if I left, all my ministry would dry up. I was afraid that I would just work a nine-to-five job, and there's nothing wrong with a nine-to-five job. I've got a business as well on the side. I had a lot of fear in my life, and Paul looked at me, and he says, you know what you need to do. I said, you're right, but I'm afraid. And I was on my knees. I lifted my hands to the Lord, and the Lord spoke to me and said, there's idols in your life. It's not really fun when God tells you there's an idol in your life. He says, your ministry has become an idol to you. The relationships that you love so much have become an idol to you. And the reason why it's so hard for you to let go is because this has become an idol to you. And as I lifted my hands to the Lord, I said, God, I love you and I trust you. And I will follow you. It's very interesting that after I surrendered, my wife got better. And I already talked to Bill. I already talked to Chris. I already talked to the leadership team. And everything was in process to transition. And then my wife gets better. Shortly later after that, I'm in Stockholm, Sweden. I'm getting ready to preach at a stadium event with Awakening Europe. And as I'm getting ready to speak... On that Saturday night, that Saturday morning, I saw God moving throughout America with an evangelistic thrust. And I saw God moving in Portland. And then I began to hear the intercessors in Portland beginning to pray, the grandmas, the grandpas. And as I began to hear them pray, something began to be shaken inside of me. 
And I said, God, it seems just like you that you would look at my heart to see if there was a, a surrender inside of me before you ever showed me a vision. Compassion to action, our ministry was birthed out of surrender. I had no idea what the Lord would be doing. And I want to show a video to you in just a moment of um, one of our many gospel trucks. We have three gospel trucks. And um, we, we started by having a large um, gathering of 7,500 people in Portland in 2018, where we mobilized 5,000 people to go on the streets to preach the gospel. And I remember the Lord speaking to me in 2019, and he said, after the event, he said, Chris, do you have the ability to raise the amount of money that you raised for the event? I said, no, I don't. Because sometimes we think it's about us. He says, it's not you. He says, do you have the ability to gather the 105 leaders in the region? I said, no, I don't. And he began to talk to me about a simple obedience that as we obey him, heavens are opened up around us. And it's like heaven is attracted to us. And our simple worship and obedience captures the heart of God. I want to show you a video of our mini gospel trucks. And then I want to continue. And I've got some wonderful things I want to share with you. And I know the spirit of God's going to touch upon people's lives this morning. And I'm believing that the Lord is going to birth something in your heart and through your life this morning. Based on the simple radical worship and obedience that the Lord is producing inside of you. Go ahead and show that video please. We are at Live Change Church in Gresham, Oregon. Today is going to be absolutely amazing. God is going to touch down in many different ways. We have these boxes that we're distributing, so people are going to get to come to have fun, to get to eat, to get free food, and ultimately they're going to get to feel the love and know Jesus. As we feed the stomach, the Holy Spirit feeds the soul. And we are believing for a harvest of people not only for today, but eternal. Disciples that make disciples. I think it's a great thing. I appreciate your heart, the heart of this ministry to be able to impact communities right where it counts. There were a lot of children who raised their hands and made the decision to follow Jesus. And it seemed like their parents were also really impacted by the decision that their kids made. And it was a great time. We can't do what we're doing apart from partners just like you that said, Thank you for having a vision to reach communities. You know, when I began to share the vision of getting a small mini gospel truck, it was you that said, we believe in it. You were like, yeah, we got to get behind a vision like this. And I want to say thank you for believing in the vision. Thank you once again for saying yes. In 2020, the word of the Lord came to me in April of 2020, and he said, I want you to get gospel trucks. It wasn't popular. Many people said, what are you doing? You're unsensitive. But I had the word of the Lord, and because I obeyed the word of the Lord, the Lord saw that as worship. There are some things that the Lord will tell you that will not be popular, but you must obey him. We have a vision to have uh, 50 trucks, 50 mini gospel truck, every state in America to have a mini gospel truck. Um, we have a large gospel truck, and we have two uh, mini gospel trucks right 
right now. And uh, this next video that I'm going to show you is about simple obedience, walking in the presence and the power of the Lord. You were designed for the supernatural. And every time your heart is yielded and tender to the spirit of the living God, God opens up our eyes to be able to see the opportunities around you. Go ahead and show the video, Walk Like Jesus. So when I, when I wrote the book, I wanted to help every individual live with an awareness of the presence of God and, um, and have them be completely aware that worship is not something that we just do inside of a church building, but worship has to do with our heart that is yielded with the Lord. And uh, I dedicated the book to Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton, my spiritual fathers, and, um, because I was literally taught this with Bill's life and Chris's life. And, um, and throughout the whole book, I share story after story after story of, of worshiping the Lord and, um, and seeing the power of the Holy Spirit literally manifested to touch people's lives around us. 
you know, last night as I was flying in, you know, I was tired. I'm, I'm going to have to admit, last night I was extremely tired. Got in late last night. And so I go to the counter, and uh, as I go to the counter to get my car, um, and I give them my ID and, you know, uh, my credit card and everything like that, um, the individual says, I'm really sorry, but you don't have a reservation with us. I said, what do you mean I don't have a reservation with you? He says, no, you don't, you don't have a reservation. And, and then he said, well, let me see your confirmation number. And I said, see, I've got my confirmation number. And he, and he looks at me and he says, I'm really sorry, but you booked this for the 30th. And I said, I did? He says, yes, you did. And he, and he shows me my confirmation that I booked it for the 30th. And I realized I've got to learn not to book my cars when I am tired. And he says to me, I'm really sorry, but we don't have any cars. I said, you don't have any cars? Not one car? He says, no, we don't have any cars available. He says, well, why don't you try over here? So I, I go over there and uh, to the next location. And I said, you guys have any cars? And they says, no, we don't have any cars. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I may have to contact someone here at the church to say, hey, guys, could you give me a ride? Or call an Uber, call someone, get me a ride to the airport. And then I had another thought. I just need to ask again. So I go to another location. I said, hey, guys, by any chance, do you have a car? Could you just rent me a car? And they said, no, we, we don't have a car. I said, I, it doesn't matter how much it costs. I just need a car. And they said, I'm really sorry. I said, would you please, could you just ask the manager? And so he asked the manager. And um, and, the, and as he's talking to the manager, I feel the Holy Spirit highlight this lady behind the counter. And I said, excuse me, by any chance, uh, do you have any pain in your body? And she says, I've got a headache. I said, well, can I just pray for you right now? I lay my hand on her shoulder. The power of God comes upon her. And she looks at me. Her eyes got really big. And she says, oh, my gosh, it's leaving and then they come out and say, yeah, we're going to give you a car. And I'm thinking to myself, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But here's what God spoke to me through this whole thing. Stay calm. Stay tender. Because if I would have got so freaked out, I wouldn't be able to recognize the opportunity that was placed in front of me. See, I was, um, I was on a ministry trip, and I was checking into my hotel, and the pastor was there with me. And uh, as I was checking into my hotel, I began to feel something for this lady behind the counter. I just felt in my heart that the Lord wanted to encourage her. And I began to ask her, hey, do you know what it means to be born again? And she said, no. And I began to explain to her what it means to be born again. And I said, is there anything holding you back from surrendering your life to Jesus right now and following him? And she says, no. I said, do you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the son of God? She says, I do. And she, she prayed and she began to repent of her sin and give her life to the Lord. And the pastor said afterwards, she says, Chris, there was something different about you and I. See, I've met her before, but there was something different. Your heart was tender to recognize an opportunity when I was busy. Your heart was tender. I had the same opportunity as you did. You were tender and I was busy. 
You know, I was in um, South Africa. How many people has heard of Pastor Surprise? Who's ever heard of Pastor Surprise with Heidi, Heidi and Roland Baker? Pastor Surprise said this to me. He said, Chris, there are many people that have watches, but they don't have much time. And that really stuck with me years ago. Because he was teaching me and he was mentoring me on how to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, to be quick to obey. You know, many years ago, my first experience of obeying the Holy Spirit when I didn't necessarily feel like obeying the Holy Spirit. Who's ever had those opportunities where you've, God speaks to you and you know that he's speaking to you and you're afraid. God spoke to me many years ago, put a Christian t-shirt on. It was after I gave my life to the Lord and I, I said, Lord, I don't want to. And he says, put a Christian t-shirt on. You need this. I said, I don't want to. And I'm so afraid of what people would think about me. He says, buy a Christian t-shirt, put that Christian t-shirt on. And so I said, okay, Lord. I, so I bought a Christian t-shirt and he says, now I want you to wear it. <laughs> and I'm shaking inside. Because I know I'm getting ready to go into Walmart. And, uh, and the community that I was from, it was a small community just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, there is someone from my old high school that is going to see me with this t-shirt on. Sure enough, five minutes after I get into Walmart, and I'm shaking inside because the very thing that I was afraid of was now getting ready to take place. Someone comes up to me and says, hey, it's Chris. Good to see you. What have you been up to? Small talk. And then he says, oh, wow, nice shirt. And I knew in that moment I could just say, well, it's just a shirt. Or I could tell the person how Jesus has changed my life. I told him how Jesus changed my life. And he says, well, good for you. And he walks away. I didn't pray for him. Didn't give him a prophetic word. Didn't even share the gospel. All I did was tell how Jesus changed my life. And I walked away like someone had been raised from the dead. I was on, I, I was in the clouds, man. And I realized that was worship. Because my heart was tender to say, okay, Lord, I will obey you even when I'm afraid. In just a moment, we're going to read a story about Abraham. And Abraham is the first person to define what worship is. And oftentimes in Western culture, we have the idea that worship is something that we just do inside of a church building. But God wants to expand our mindset. He wants to expand our vocabulary of when we talk about worship. I was at the Leaders Advance in Redding, California about two years ago. And while I was at the Leaders Advance, uh, there are uh, many leaders and uh, many amazing leaders all around me. And while I was there, the first song came on by Jen Johnson. She was singing. And the song was, I want to be where you are. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, if you want to be where I'm at right now, then leave. 
and go to a street called 273 in Redding, California, because there's someone I want you to pray for. A religious mindset would say this. I cannot leave the presence of God. Because this is what defines worship. But God spoke to me in that moment and he says, I want you to follow me. I want you to obey me. So I leave and I realize that I'm worshiping Jesus, that this is worship. Simply following the spirit of the living God, that wherever, whatever God says to obey him, that that is worship. So I'm driving on uh, down, uh, you know, I leave the church and, and, um, and I'm driving to this road and, and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I hope you, you show up in a powerful way because that was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and you're asking me to, to leave. And here's the, here's the crazy thing, guys, is I could have had my hands raised. I could have been singing all the right songs. But the Lord would have known that's not worship. Because worship for me in that time was obeying the voice of God. I could have had my hands up and, and screaming at the top of my lungs. And the Lord would be like, that's really good. That's lip service, but your heart's not connected to me. And I could have fooled a lot of people around me. So I drive down to 273 and I, and I see this guy on the side of the road and the Lord says, I want you to pray for him. And so I pull up to him and I said, hey, man, I just want to tell you that I was, at, I was at church tonight and the Lord spoke to me in worship that I needed to leave and pray for you. He says, well, what's your name? I said, my name is Chris Overstreet. He says, well, prove it to me. Show me your ID. I said, show me your ID? You want me to show me my ID to you? He says, yeah, prove it to me. Now, I've had... A lot of ministry opportunities on the streets, in the marketplace, all over the place. I've never had anyone ask me for my ID. I've had police officers ask me for my ID, but I have never had anyone that I'm ministering to ask me for my ID. So I pull my, I get my wallet out, I pull my ID out, and I said, it's really me, it's Chris Overstreet. He said, this is crazy. He says, before you pray for me, I've got to tell you a story. He said, over 15 years ago, I grew up in this city. Over 15 years ago, my house was raided. My parents were drug dealers. My house was raided. I was taken out of my home, and I was put in foster care. And my foster grandma told me that one day you will meet Chris Overstreet, and Chris Overstreet will help you. Ten days prior to me meeting Gerald... This is in the first chapter of the book. I go more into detail in it in the book. Ten days prior to me meeting Gerald. Gerald's walking across this bridge. He leaves a house called a trap house. A trap house is a house of prostitution and drug addiction. 3 a.m. in the morning, he leaves the trap house. And he's walking across this bridge and he says, God, you hate me. Look at my life. 
If you love me so much, then where is that Chris Overstreet that my grandma would always talk about? That you said you were going to bring into my life. You, and he said this, God, if you love me so much, then why don't you get a hold of Chris Overstreet's attention and you tell him exactly where I'm at. If you love me, God, and you have a plan for my life, then speak to Chris Overstreet and send him to me. I lay my hands upon him, and the power of God comes upon him. He falls out under the hood of my car. Demons come out of him, and he surrenders his life to Jesus Christ. I want you to turn to your Bible to Proverbs chapter 4. And I want to share some scriptures with you this morning. And I know that this morning the Holy Spirit is going to tenderize hearts because each and every one of us are designed to hear the voice of the Lord. In the book, I talk about algorithms and how many people know what algorithms are in the natural. If you search for something online right now, I'm searching for trucks online. So and in my and my Facebook feed and different things like that, I'm having trucks show up. It's just showing up. I'm like, wow, there's another truck. Wow, there's another truck. It's because I search for it. There are algorithms in the spirit realm of how to hear the voice of God. How to attract the voice of God. And how hearing becomes clear. There are algorithms in the spirit. And it has to do with the condition of our heart. Valuing the word and quickly responding to the word of God. And I believe that God is doing something in our generation. God is softening our hearts to feel what he feels and to respond to what he is saying. And that, my friends, my brothers and sisters, that becomes worship to him. That becomes a fragrance to the Lord that he says, I love their hearts. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 it says this, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Someone asked me in an interview recently, it was a young man, he says, he said, how do you stay tender? And I said, you have to watch over your heart. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to be quick to forgive. You're going to have to be an individual that doesn't take things too serious. You're going to have to be an individual that will bless people instead of a hold on to things. And over the years, I've realized the importance of just keeping this tender. One of the things that, that, I, that, that I do is I constantly remember where I came from. I constantly remember that I was that one that was in a jail cell at 18 years old. And a week prior to me going to jail and meeting Jesus Christ, I had a shotgun in my hand, hearing voices to kill myself. I remember, and I go back and I say, God, I am that one that everyone gave up on in life. I am that one that teachers said that I would amount to nothing, that I would end my life in prison. I am that one that had a learning disability and always felt slightly mentally retarded growing up. I am that one, Lord, that many people thought nothing would ever come out of my life. That threw me aside. But you chose me, God. You chose me when I was in darkness. And you pulled me out of darkness into your marvelous light. The purity... Of our worship will be directly connected to our heart's desire to listen and obey the Lord. 
Abraham is the first person to mention the word worship in the Bible. His worship was directly connected to a surrendered heart to obey the voice of the Lord. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 5, it says this. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad. And the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 18. The Lord speaks to Abraham and it says, And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. This morning, I have got a word for you. That your radical obedience, your surrender, your yieldedness of worship will become a blessing to somebody else. That when you simply obey God and whatever he tells you to do, not seeing the full picture, that obedience will bless someone else. Our worship is directly connected to serving and obeying him. Do you remember when Satan began to speak to Jesus when he was on the fast? We need to we need to know this, that Satan seeks to distort each and every one of our worship. Just like he wanted to distort Jesus's worship. Jesus connected worship to how we serve in Matthew chapter four, verse nine, it says this. And he said, this is Jesus speaking to Satan. And he said to him, all these things, or Satan speaking to Jesus. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. This is the response of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. There is something so powerful when we understand that our worship goes beyond the four walls of the church, it shows up in our house. It shows up in our businesses. It shows up on how we live. It shows up when we go to the grocery store. It shows up wherever we go. Our heart is a heart that was created to worship. And in John chapter 4, Jesus meets the woman at the well. And there was a conversation around worship. And in John 4, 20, it says this, our fathers, and this is the woman, the Samaritan woman talking to Jesus. And, and she says, our fathers worship on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place you ought to worship. Notice how that she's making about a place and a space. This is the response of Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship for salvation is of the Jews. John 4, 23, it says this. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I was headed to the gym, and as I was headed to the gym, because some of you may know my story, I used to weigh 400 pounds at one time, and so I, I, um, I, I, I need to take care of my temple, and uh, I still, I've still got a little ways to go. I can fluctuate here and there, but I'm headed to the gym, and, um, and as I'm headed to the gym, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. He says, I want you to go to the gun shop, the gun shop. It was on a Saturday. 
No, I, I, I'm all for bearing arms. I, I, have, I have some guns. But I was not in the need to buy another gun. My wife did not want me to buy another gun. Somebody said, well. <laughs> and the Lord said, they're having a Bible study at the gun shop. I said, a Bible study? He said, they're having a Bible study at the gun shop. I'm going to you go there. I just so happened to take my Bible in my car to the gym. Now, I don't know why I took my Bible with me, but I did. And so I called Gerald up, and I'm trying to teach Gerald about simple obedience. I said, Gerald, this is happening. This is, this is what's going on right now. The Holy Spirit spoke to me that I needed to go to the gun shop. I don't understand what's about ready to take place, but apparently he wants me to go to the gun shop because there's a Bible study. So I go in, and sure enough, there's like 12 people in a circle with their Bibles on a Saturday. I go in, and they say, hi, how are you? I, I don't know them. I sit down, and they're having a Bible study about entering into the rest of the Lord and how entering into the rest of the Lord helps you hear the voice of God. See, oftentimes we try so much, but God's interested in resting and trusting. Right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Someone's knee is being healed. And if you have knee issues, please stand to your feet right now. You've been having knee issues. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your healing presence and your power. In the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Touch their knees, Lord. Power of your spirit come upon them. Just go ahead and move it around. Try to do something you couldn't do before. Thank you, Lord. If you just felt something happen in your knees, just wave at me right now. You just felt, thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing here. Anyone else? Pain just left your knee right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Someone else. So you just have pain. Leave your knees. Is there anyone else? We're, we're going to get, yeah, is all the pain gone right now? 90%. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. 100%, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. What's going on here? Does it crack and pop right now? No more cracking and popping? Thank you, Jesus. What's going on over here? No more cracking and popping. Thank you, Lord. Let's get rid of that cracking and popping. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So um, I, we want to pray for people at the end, too, because uh, God's healing presence is, is here. This is a house of healing. This is a house of miracles. This is a house that believes in the covenant that Jesus has with us. So I go in, I sit down, and they're having the Bible study about entering in the rest of the Lord. And hearing the voice of God. And after the service is over, the Bible study was over. I went to the, to the guy that was leading it, and I said, excuse me, um, this, this is going to really sound strange, but um, I was actually on my way to the gym, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me that I needed to come here, that, that you guys were having a Bible study, and I, and I said, I didn't know what was going on, but here I am. I said, by any chance, does someone here have pain in their back? And he looked at me, and he says, yeah, this woman does over here. And I said, do you mind if I pray for her? So I, I 
pray for her. The power of God comes on her back. She's completely healed in her back. And she says, well, do you mind if you pray for my hip? And I said, yeah, put your hand on there. And so she puts her hand there and all the pain leaves her hip. And she says, do you mind if you, if, if you pray for my knee? And I, and, uh, and I said, yeah, put your hand there. And, I, and so I put my hand there. And next thing you know, the power of God comes on her knee and she's healed. And then, and then next thing I know, people are lined up for prayer. And the power of the Holy Spirit just begin to fall upon individuals. Stand to your feet. You two right here. Yeah. Now, now what I'm about ready to say is not a word of knowledge. I, I, was, I was looking at you guys' updated website, okay? So I'm not going to do like uh, uh, this, this uh, fake word of knowledge thing, okay? Um, so I was, I was looking on the website. I was just kind of checking out the things that you guys are doing as a church. And I saw evangelism, that you guys were doing stuff about evangelism. And I, and I just feel led to, to lay my hands upon you guys because I, I feel the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit that is going to move through you in many ways. I see you preaching. I see you preaching. And I, I see missions inside of you. And I see you preaching. I see crusades inside of you. I see the power of God that is going to move through your life. And so, Lord, we just bless these two of what you're doing in them and through them, Lord. And I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you get rid of any discouragement, any discouragement that's been trying to come your way, and that the Lord would literally put a gift of faith upon your life, a pioneering spirit, a pioneering spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that you'd be quick to obey whatever the spirit of the Lord says to do. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, Lord. Use them to train and equip and mobilize, Lord Jesus. I pray for that, a great mobilization of soul winners that move in power, miracle, signs, and wonders in Jesus' holy name. I pray right now for an equipping journal to come out. Equipping journal, equipping resources, equipping resources are going to come out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Equipping resources, equipping resources in Jesus' holy name. I want to show a video of, I love showing this, this video of a woman that was healed, that was in a wheelchair because a couple young people worship Jesus. They understood his will and they responded to his will. You see, when we respond to the will of God, that becomes worship to God. When we read the word and we discover his will and then we begin to obey his will, that becomes worship that captures the heart of God. Can you show Janie's video, please? My name is Janie Tebow. I was born in Salem, Oregon, and I'm currently living in Corvallis, Oregon right now. It was actually back in 2005 when I had the first onset of Guillain-Barre. It came on very quickly. Uh, one day I just woke up and I wasn't able to walk. It is an autoimmune disease, and what autoimmunity does is that it, it's your own body attacking some part of your body. And in my case, it was the myelar covering around the nerves. My life before the disease, I was very active. You know, I had a full-time job. I would go to the gym. I would go out to dinner and go to the movies, all sorts of things. I was very active. Once the disease took place, I kind of became a hermit. I was very depressed, severely depressed, actually. It was a very difficult time because I didn't really know what my purpose was. 
I had dreams. I had things that I wanted to do, and I thought, there's no way that this can happen now. I had gone to Fish Fest with a friend of mine. She's a neighbor of mine, and we got to see um, some of the music and everything, and I was just kind of sitting in my wheelchair waiting for her to come back. I had some gentlemen approach me from Compassion to Action, and they asked if they could pray for me, and I said yes. I actually didn't feel anything at first, you know. It was, they were praying for me, and then um, all of a sudden I felt some warmth. And then I felt some um, electricity going into my legs, and it was so exciting. And I, it, it scared me a little bit at first, because I was like, what is this, you know? Um, and so, <laughs> it, the electricity came, the warmth came, and um, out, uh, Faith, the young men told me to just step out in faith and walk. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And I did, and I was kind of wobbly at first, and it was, it was scary, because you know I, I didn't wanna fall, but all of a sudden I felt like there were these braces on my legs that were strengthening my legs. It was just supernatural, and it was, it was so awesome. I can't explain the, the feeling, but it was like there were these braces on my leg, and all of a sudden my legs had strength, strength that they never had before. felt like a release on life. Just the, just the power of God is just so awesome. And I, I can't say that enough. I just keep saying awesome, awesome, awesome. That's my newfound word for it because there's just no other way to, to describe it. God's love is really, He does love us and um, he loves me. I struggled with um, the depression and just um, not feeling like he loved me. And um, he does. Jenny pushed her wheelchair home. She, she went to her, her tour, and her daughter, who was her caretaker, saw her mom out of her wheelchair and was overcome. You see, these young people that approached her and ministered to her was worshiping Jesus because they were aware of the will of God. But little did they know that their worship would impact her life this way in her daughter's life. Her daughter was highly impacted. And um, a few weeks later, they went to a theme park and, and walked for miles and miles and miles to celebrate the miracle that took place. And she got her mom. 
She got her mom. I want to read just a few different scriptures and then I want to pray for us today. The healing power of God is is here and uh, his tangible presence is here and uh, his anointing is here because he is a person. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is giving um, Holy Spirit marching orders to some of you. Some of you, uh, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you about certain things. And I want to encourage you um, to be able to do whatever God tells you to do. Because inside the obedience and that step, even though you may not see the full picture, that becomes a fragrance to the Lord. And it says in... um, It says in Romans chapter 1, verse 15, Paul the Apostle is writing here, and he says, Through him we have received grace and apostleship. So the call of God comes through grace, apostleship. And the role of the apostleship is for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Romans 5, 19, it says this. For as by one's disobedience, one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. We see that Jesus' step of obedience to the Father, of laying his life down for you and I has impacted millions upon millions upon millions of people. One man's disobedience sent a curse, but one man's obedience broke the curse. Samuel was called to anoint Saul. The people, the children of Israel, began to rebel. And they were looking for a king to rule them like all the other nations. And God heard their cry. And God saw the condition of their heart. And God gave them a king. Samuel anointed Saul. And Saul had one issue in his life. Though there was an anointing upon him. He had one area in his life that was never under the influence of the power of God. And that is the fear of man. Saul constantly shrunk back and did not obey God because he he feared the people's opinions more than God's opinion. And numerous times Saul would say that he was obeying God, but he was in complete rebellion. In 1 Samuel 15 verse 23... Samuel is confronting Saul. And he says this after he makes a sacrifice that God never called for. And he disobeyed God. This is what he said. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is the iniquity of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being a king. It's very interesting, very interesting here that he was anointed king, but because of his disobedience, God took that away. Now we're under a new covenant. And although we're under a new covenant, many people have this distorted view on the grace of God. They think grace entitles them to do whatever they want to do. But the grace of God, according to Titus, teaches us to deny unrighteousness and worldly lusts. The grace of God empowers us to actually worship God. We cannot even worship God in our strength. We worship God by the 
power of the Holy Spirit strength living inside of us. And I believe that God is raising up worshipers in this place across America that will worship in spirit and in truth. I believe that each and every one of us are called to capture the heart of heaven by our simple yieldedness to him. Before I pray, I want to I read one more verse here. Actually, I'm not going to read that verse. No, I will. This is what Peter says. Peter says this in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, after he was told not to speak. He says this, but Peter and the apostles answered, answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. We ought to obey God rather than man. Our obedience becomes worship. The Spirit of God's upon you right now. Stand to your feet. Yeah, this, this young woman right there. Yeah, Spirit of God's upon you. Yeah, no, this one in the back. Yeah, no, this one. Yep, go ahead and stand to your feet. Yeah, just hold your hands out. Spirit of God's upon you right now. I just, I just sense the Lord is doing something inside of your heart. If you feel the tenderization, God's tenderizing something in your heart right now to yield to his word and to obey him, just quickly stand to your feet right now. I could just, I feel God doing something in people's hearts right now. If you feel the tenderization, God's tenderizing something in your heart. Just quickly stand to your feet right now. Lord, we just bless what you're doing here. We thank you, God, for your hand upon them right now. Lord, we thank you, God, for your encouragement. We ask that you would bless them right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, let their radical yes, their radical worship become like a fragrance to you. Lord, we pray a blessing over each and every one of them, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray blessing, blessing, blessing. I want to just end with this, and we're going to pray for some people um, this morning. Some of us, the first step of obeying Jesus is just surrendering our life to him. And some of us, we're going to take the first step this morning. And um, it's giving up the control. Um, the desire to, to want to be in charge of your life. You know, Jesus speaks and he says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his own soul? And coming to Jesus is... Not incorporating him in your life, but giving him everything. And maybe there are some people here this morning, you've never come under his covenant. You've never come under his blood covenant. Maybe you know someone that has, but you personally have never done that. You've never surrendered your life to the Lord. Really quickly, if Jesus is going this way and you're going this way, what repentance is, is a change of heart, change of mind change of purpose, and change of direction. And if Jesus is saying, I want you to follow me, the greatest thing that you could do because he's inviting you is to say, Lord, I want to have your way, not my way. So if you're in the driver's seat and you want to be in charge and you realize that Jesus is in the passenger seat, the greatest thing for you to do is not incorporate him, but get out of the driver's seat, get in the passenger seat, and let him take your life and watch what he will do in you and through you. That becomes worship to him. He looks for the heart that is yielded. 
I want to tell you this. It doesn't matter what you've ever done in your life. The blood that was shed over 2,000 years ago has never dried up. That means that he has the power to cleanse all sin, not just some sin. He's alive. We serve a God that's not dead but is alive. And if you want the living God to come inside of your heart and your life, and you want to say, man, I want to follow Jesus, would you be so brave to open your eyes? I don't want you to bow your heads. I want you to open your eyes. Would you be so brave to, to say, that's me. I need to be all in this morning for Jesus. I want to surrender everything to Jesus. Would you be so brave and say, that's me. I need to follow him. I need to surrender. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else? You say, that's me. Yep. That's me. Anyone else? You say, that's me. I want to be all in for Jesus. Anyone else? Yep. That's me. That's me. Anyone else? You say, that's me. Okay. There are many people here that are saying, I want to be all in. I want to I get out of the driver's seat, and I want to get into the passenger seat. If that's you, I want you to do something very bold. Um, but if you can do it here, you can do it there. And I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to come down here right now, and I want to pray with you, okay? So just go ahead and quickly uh, get up out of your seats. Many of you raised your hands. I want you to quickly come forward. Just quickly come right now. Yeah, there's room for you. There's room for you. There's room for you. There's room for you. Yeah, bless you. Just quickly come. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. This is the greatest miracle. It's a heart that is just yielded that says, Lord, have your way inside of me. Have your way inside of me. Anyone else? The Spirit of the Lord speaks to me. There's a few more individuals that need to be up here. And uh, God's going to do a miracle in someone's relationship in your marriage. And uh, if you put God in your marriage, uh, uh, I just feel like the Lord is saying he's going to restore certain marriages here. And if you just put God first in your marriage, he's going to do a miracle in your marriage. Uh, and just uh, if you feel God tugging on your heart, just quickly come. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about you. Uh, we're all going to stand before the Lord. No one else is going to be around him when we stand before him. And so just if that's you, just quickly say, man, I feel God tenderizing something in my heart. I want to be all in. I want to be all in. I want to be all in. Wonderful Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to me this morning. That's you. Let this be the act of worship. If you're able to, just go ahead and just kneel. If you're not able to, we'll pray for you. You'll be able to. Just go ahead and kneel. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I give you praise for what you're doing here in hearts. I know you're attracted to them. Come, Holy Spirit. 
May this be the marking in their life, Lord, that they'd never forget. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. just want you to say this, Jesus. I'm getting in the passenger seat. You're going to be in the driver's seat. I put my faith in your blood. You are the son of God. You are alive. Live in me and live through me. My life belongs to you. You are my savior. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. And I renounce any other spirit that I've invited in my life from hurt, pain, and shame. And I shut the door. And I say, Holy Spirit, fill me to overflow. Thank you for what you're doing in my heart. You're tenderizing me. Thank you that you fought for me. And you won. I'm yielded to you. I'm just going to pray a blessing over you. Lord, I bless everyone here. Lord, I know that you're getting ready to do amazing things in their life, Lord. Lord, we bless each and every one of them. Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Fill them to overflow. Fill them to overflow, Lord. Fill them to overflow, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, entrepreneur on you. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way. You're an entrepreneur. God's getting ready to do something. It's going to surprise you. Lord, bless her, Lord Jesus. Touch them with your spirit, Lord. Touch them, God, with your spirit, Lord. Come, Holy Ghost. Come with fire, Lord Jesus, I pray right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come with your fire, Lord Jesus. Touch every one of them, Lord Jesus, with your presence and your power. Now that you would touch their lives, Lord, you would seal them, Lord Jesus. Use them, God, for your glory, Lord. Use them for your glory, Lord Jesus. Use them for your glory, Lord. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your will be done in and through their lives, Lord. We bless them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We bless them. We bless them, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless them, God. We bless them, Lord Jesus. We bless them. Such an entrepreneur call God upon your life. Evangelistic entrepreneur. Evangelistic entrepreneur. Evangelistic entrepreneur. You're an evangelistic entrepreneur. An evangelistic entrepreneur, Lord this man is going to launch out into the deep to let down his nets. You would do wonderful things in his life and through his life. Lord, we bless him in Jesus' holy name. Bless him, Lord. I touch his life, Lord. Bless him, Lord Jesus. Bless every one of them, Lord. Bless him, God. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Let your hand rest upon them, Lord. We bless them. In Jesus' holy name, we bless them, Lord. Let your fire rest upon them, God. We bless them. Just stretch your hands out towards these individuals. Lord, we bless them, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing, Lord. We bless each and every one of them, Lord. By the power of your spirit, Lord, have your way, God. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. We bless them in Jesus' holy name. 
We thank you, God, for what you're doing. I, I want to say one last thing. As we, as we receive forgiveness, the Lord empowers us to forgive others. And uh, if, the, if the Lord's highlighting people to you that you need to forgive right now and you know you need to forgive, just wave your hand right now. The Holy Spirit's just saying, yeah, I need to forgive. I need to forgive. Okay. I'm just, uh, I want you to say this, Jesus, I forgive. Now go ahead and put the names upon those individuals that you know you need to forgive. For everything they did to me and everything they haven't done for me. And I break the chains of unforgiveness and torment. Just as you've forgiven me and given me right standard because of your blood, I forgive them and I bless them from my heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Holy Spirit is just touching hearts and lives. I love each and every one of you. I'll be in the lobby in a, in a little bit. I want to turn it back over to Pastor Jim. Thank you guys so much. Isn't Chris a gift? Isn't that good? That's so good. Man, you can just feel the Lord tenderizing our hearts. It's so good. And so, well, hey, before we, uh, before we leave, we want to be a blessing to Chris. And so he didn't charge us anything to come here. And so uh, we just want to be a blessing to him. So we're going to take up a love offering. So I think there's probably, um, if you go to the Zion app, there'll be a Chris Overstreet little tab there. But you can also give, we're counting this offering completely separate. So if you make out a check to Zion, we'll count this offering separate. Cash. Um, whatever the ways are to give, yeah, uh, zionequip.com. So, uh, so yeah, so if we got our ushers come forward, we're going to uh, be a blessing to Chris. Is everyone still in the tender spot here? <laughs> like, this is an offering spot. This is a tender spot, right? So, oh, Lord. Jesus, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. You are so wonderful. And Lord, in case, uh, in case we didn't get to say it today, Lord, we want to have our hearts tender to you. We want to be leaning into you like a leaf on a tree responding to your slightest breeze. Lord, we just pray you'd speak to us. We want to obey quickly. I pray you'll give us a chance to do that today. That, Lord, we'll just lean into you and be able to respond quickly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Chris, I'm really glad you hit the unforgiveness thing. That's just such a big deal. Ushers, yeah, go ahead and ush. And so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, unforgiveness thing is such a big deal. It's such a trap to, to stay offended, and it's just uh, it doesn't do anything good except rot your bones. And I don't think anyone's looking for that. So, yeah. Oh, if you use this, I did, babe. Yeah. Little reminder, if you use the Zion app, Chris Overstreet's tab there. Mary was doing something else, so. Usually she's hanging on my every word, but this time she got distracted momentarily. So it's very unusual, very unusual. Probably taking notes in the last couple things I said, so. She's a gift as well. All right. Well, good, guys. We are so glad, uh, glad you joined us this morning. And um, after the uh, ushers are done passing the, the buckets, the, uh, our ministry teams will be coming forward. They'll be able to tags on. If you would like an encouraging word from the Lord, but the Bible calls that prophecy. If you would like uh, someone to agree with you in prayer for healing, 
Our teams will be available to do that. Make sure you bless our children's workers. They're not babysitting. They're raising up world changers. And so we're so thankful for them. And so, yeah. And remember to act like Christians in the parking lot. Okay, let's just stand everybody up here. Lord, we just thank you for the most dangerous group in Columbus, Ohio. That They are a terrorist training camp to destroy the works of the devil. Lord, I thank you that we are on offense when it comes to the kingdom of darkness. Lord, we are armed with love and power. So we just bless your people to release heaven this week all throughout Columbus in their schools, in their homes, in their workplaces, in the government. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, give them heaven this week. And our ministry.